Hello and welcome to Dialogues in Dermatology. I'm Dr. Lauren Council, your Editor-in-Chief. We have another exciting podcast for you today. We hope that you enjoy. Welcome to Dialogues in Dermatology. I'm Dr. Samal Ardesai. I'm a board-certified dermatologist from Dallas, Texas. I also have the privilege of serving on the AAD Board of Directors And it's my pleasure today to be here to host today's episode of Dialogues in Dermatology with my friend Melanie Tolly Hall, who's the Chief Marketing and Communications Officer for the American Academy of Dermatology. Melanie, welcome. Thank you. Hello, Dr. Desai. Really excited to be here today to talk to Melanie, and I hope all of our listeners will leave our discussion today excited and invigorated by our topic at hand. So, The new AAD is officially here, and I can't be more excited and more invigorated to be able to talk about our new AAD brand, our new logo, lots of fun things we're going to talk about, and Melanie is the perfect person to do that. So this month, the Academy unveiled its new promise and its continued focus to be a member-centric, innovative organization that continues to build on the strengths of education and advocacy, and Melanie... Hearty congratulations to you and the entire integrated communications team, our ad hoc task force on specialty and strategic corporate positioning, which I actually had a privilege of serving on with you and others. Congratulations on such an amazing effort. So I guess the first thing I want to talk about is our new brand, our new logo is here. And why now? So yeah, thank you. We did a, an extensive background on branding when the board decided to embark on a strategic positioning uh, new framework. And so it was the right time in about 2018 to take another look as well about our brand promise that went along with that. When you first start thinking about your strategy of an organization coming up with where is that brand and where's that brand promise? Does it really reflect where you want to go? It's a great time to be looking at both of those things at once. And so in 2018, we did begin that work. And we found out that 25 years ago was the last time a brand was changed at the Academy. Many people might think it's the only brand we've ever had, but we've had several brand marks throughout the years. But this was the right time to, to really be thinking about, do we need a change? I think that's really forward thinking that our organization has been working on this. And to be honest, with so many changes in society in the world right now, what fortuitous timing for us to be able to do this and, and really sort of reinvent and advance ourselves so that I can't wait to delve into a few more details. And one of the things that I've always been fascinated by with the Academy is our promise to our members for all of the member benefits we offer and what we do as an organization as the leading global organization for dermatology. And our brand narratives, of course, you know, focused around member centricity, our members always come first, around innovation, around education and advocacy, which is a huge passion of mine, as you know. But can you tell me a little bit more about why these four pillars, if you will, are most important for the academy and it's how they sort of tie into the academy's commitment to advancing dermatologic care? Yeah. So when we did our research, we found out that members were very proud of the organization and they loved belonging to the AAD as a fellow. They were also very forthcoming on several issues that we thought that we could be stronger in, in our promise um, to our members. And so we 
talked a lot about what does it mean to be a member of the AAD and where, do, where does that member centricity come out? What things are key and what are important to you? So those are the four themes that came up. Member centricity, meaning we're stronger as the member organization when we recognize each individual strength that people bring to the table, as well as the power of that unity when we advocate for a specific service or specialty that affects the dermatologic community. We really think about innovation in a certain way. Innovation meaning the way that we help deliver patient care as dermatologists, but also how the AAD brings innovative concepts to its members. And then the final one on education That one came out very strong already from our members, and we just want to make sure that we're still bringing that gold standard, but also looking to the future in our responsibility to make sure that we're training the next group of thought leaders as we're coming up. It was interesting, Melanie, you mentioned a little bit about the member engagement that was a part of this long process. I, of course, was on the task force and can speak to that, and I know how much member input was valid, but that researching the member need component Can you talk a little bit about the branding process and the steps and what it entailed or how we got here? Yes. So we started with focus groups at the San Diego meeting. I believe that was 2018, I believe, where we were in San Diego. We did focus groups there based on the several themes that came out of there. We did a survey, member research survey. Um, and gathered all of that research together that really kind of started mapping out where the themes were. And it wasn't just about where the AAD stood with members, but also all the other factors that come into your daily lives that will influence how you interact with the AAD. So we had a group that was put together from the president and the task force that you were on was the group to really help us unpack all of that research and figure out what's the most important out of that and to start mapping it to the strategic plan. And once we came up with those themes and mapped it to the strategic plan, we found that there were several pieces in our brand promise that really needed fortification and some of the things that really needed to go in a slightly different direction. So that's why the four themes came up in the narrative and that's the brand promise. And then the icing on the cake, of course, on any branding theme is to decide whether you want a logo change on top of that. And a logo change is not the brand, but it signifies that there's been a change in the brand. And so that's why we did a bit of a refresh on top of that. But each step had a little of a gatekeeper type of a go or no go situation on each one so that the the task force could walk through each step and then make a decision whether we needed to go for the branding process as a whole piece of the pie or just take each slice at a time. And I completely agree with you that that gatekeeping process was so important as I look back on this whole journey because members' opinions and member voices were so critical. And so for everyone listening to us today, I just have to say how much member input was actually put into this process because without the members' ideas and thoughts, we really couldn't have gone along that whole trajectory, like you said. So I love how you helped me segue into my next question. This is my this is the fun part about this stuff to me in, in, in seeing it come to life. But with any rebrand, you know, a new logo is not too far behind. And I have seen the new logo. I've seen the new logo in action in its various forms. And it is incredible. It is simply the amount of pride that I get from looking at our new branding and our new logo. It's just, it's incredible. And I think so many of our members are going to just feel the same way. You look at the Academy, we as dermatologists 
identify with our organization. And I think this logo is helping us to do that even more and give us more of that identity. Can you talk a little bit about not just the logo, but some of the other brand changes that our members will see? Yeah, the logo itself, we'll start there, is signifying the power of that circle. We did find that when we did a brand study from our previous logos, that circle was very important to people. It showed power. It sort of invokes a seal or a certificate of good merit. And the color was very important to people too. So that's why we we retained a blue. We kind of brightened it up a little bit, but we retained a blue. And blue is a very trusting color. The circle itself, as we have depicted it within the, the individual dots represents the individual members and that there is a difference in each individual, but as it comes together in that circle, there's a power there. And the final thing about the actual logo that you might see is that when there's that line drawn and the word dermatology comes out very clearly so that we're not misassociated with a different group, like maybe the dentists or someone else that has a very similar number of letters and similar letters in their particular association logo. So there's that. But the pieces that go along with that, that the members might want to know about are how we're going to be looking at our FAAD designation, how we're going to depict that, how people will be able to use it on their websites. We have a series of narratives that are depicted in Derm World that people might want to take a look at because we got a specific take on each one of these narratives that go with that. And it's really a powerful group of sentiments, I think, when you kind of take a look at it as a whole. And it, it honestly invokes pride. And that sense of pride that I felt when I first saw it come to fruition, of course, yes, I was involved in this process, so I'm inherently excited about it. But even if I wasn't, the sense of pride that I get as a board-certified dermatologist, leader of the academy, and as just a member, seeing that logo is something that I want to be able to share with my patients. I also want to be able to share with other members of the House of Medicine, other specialties when we go advocate So I think it's just going to have far-reaching consequences of a positive nature for us in helping us to move forward. So I can't talk about, we could spend this whole dialogues talking about the brand and the logo, but I think because you are an expert in this, obviously you are our chief officer at the Academy who has helped us to lead this and our whole fantastic integrated communications team. I think using this opportunity and dialogues today, getting some of your insights about our members who may be wanting to rebrand their practices. Mm-hmm. or maybe wanting to launch in another phase of their marketing part of their brain and bring that into their day-to-day dermatology lives, I think it would be great to get your insights. I'm in private practice. I'm also in academic medicine, so I see both sides of this. But what would you say to members is the most important thing to know about rebranding or shaping their own practice? Or for example, in academia at the institutional level, how do you think our members can make an impact there? Yeah, the first thing that I would do on any branding project is to take a look at your current status, meaning what is that brand that you're putting out there today? And how does that resonate with the patient? And how does that resonate with the people who interact with your organization? So if you're at a large academic institution, or even a private practice, you can take a look at what is it I'm actually putting out there with my brand and what's the promise? That is the most fundamental piece of a rebrand is to take a look at that and do a little bit of research. Find out from your most loyal patients, what is it that this, my group means to you? What is it? Do you feel cared for? Do you feel that your needs are heard? What are those things that really facilitate you coming again and again to come see me? And you can get some of that from Yelp reviews, but actually I think 
the most telling thing is to have a facilitator even kind of chat with several, and it wouldn't take a lot, but chat with several of your most loyal patients for a one-on-one focused interview. But research is always the key, I think, before you embark on a new brand and start with the promise and then decide whether you need a new visual representation of that logo as well. So again, one of the things I'm hearing you say, and you know, I'm not a marketing person, but I love learning about this kind of stuff, is that a promise doesn't necessarily mean a new logo, but if you're going into a new logo, you want to make sure that logo represents something. Yes. People and, see things and they see a change and they want to know why that's changed. And so if you can back that up with the rationale about why that's changing and what this new logo signifies to them, it's a signal for them to start paying attention to what that new promise might be. So it's used in that way more than anything. I love, I love that. And the other thing that I think ties into that is how you communicate about these changes because people are reluctant to change. There may be people who say, oh, the Academy, why did we need this? Why were we spending time and effort and resources on doing this? Everything was just fine the way it is. So I think one of the things that I think has gone really well is the number of steps that we've communicated to our membership that these changes, we want input, these are happening how can we make this better? Why we're doing this? What do you think members can learn from the Academy's experiences of rolling out these changes in a systematic way and how we can translate that to more effectively communicate changes in our practices and for our patients? So if there's something that comes up in your research that says to you, signifies to you that your patients may or may not be experiencing the best that they could, and you know you can fix that. One way to start is to actually start with the communication around that and to say, this is what we're aware of this is what we've heard and here's where we're changing. And so we're doing that at the Academy through our dermatology world pieces. We're all going through what we're considering the living the brand session. The board is actually going to go through that. And it's kind of like having a dialogue about what changes need to be made in order to make this brand come alive. And I think if you as a private practitioner can actually put that into practice with some of your patients, like even one-on-one dialogue to say, hey, we've looked at these things and here's what we've seen. Get some feedback from the patient to see if that's actually resonating, if that's actually true, and to, to get their reaction on the changes that you're going to make to make it better. And I think that that's always an evolution, you know, that's yeah. like yeah. how we evolve. And that's part of what the vision statement for the strategic planning is, is like, this is how we evolve dermatology. This is advancing it. So my wheels are churning as you tell me this, because you're right. This is a work in progress. It's not an overnight thing. It's not a three conference calls and a bunch of emails kind of thing. This requires a lot of thought. And for someone like me, who's action oriented, who wants to get things done, you have to also be patient, I I think is Mm -hmm. something that what you just comment on really hit with me is you you have to give it time and let it evolve naturally. And I want to just emphasize to our Dialogues family that the Academy was very, very deliberate and stepwise in reaching out to our membership to really listen to what the members wanted for the AAD rebrand. And I want to use that experience that I've learned in being a part of this process to translate that into my day-to-day practice about being very thoughtful and listening and really trying to learn about these efforts about effectively communicating changes. Any tips or ideas on how we can use some of these lessons from the Academy's rebrand to effectively communicate change to our patients or staff maybe? Yeah, I think it is all in the demonstration. 
We, for example, learned from the Academy's research on members that our members wanted more transparency. They want more inclusion. They want more ability to make things happen. And so the action items that we take from there are not just the words that we put together in the narrative, but actually, what are we going to actually do to affect each one of these things that came up in the research so that we can demonstrate? So you communicate that you're open to the change, and then you really deliberately put an action toward each one of those things that you want to change, and then you communicate what you've done to make that change. And then you get the feedback to see if that was enough, you know, and then it can continues on from there. And do you think, Melody, that social media is okay, quote unquote, in parentheses, to use that to communicate and ask for feedback from patients? The the reason I ask that is because social media, I feel, can be a really double-edged sword sometimes. I think if you put out a question on social media, but accept answers in a DM format, that might be the better way to take a look Mm. at I like that. That way you don't get a lot of people like glomming on, or it's not another whole set of Yelp reviews on your social media, clogging up your feed, but you're putting it out there and you're getting DMs back. You might want to get a focus group set together in your office after hours. Once we we're done with this COVID situation, bring in some coffee and donuts and have people kind of just chat and facilitate a good conversation around the practice and what they'd like to see. Some of your most loyal customers will will tell you the truth because they're already on your side, on your team, and they want to see you succeed. So those are some of your best folks to think about. And also talking to some people who may have been to your practice once or twice, but didn't come back. And you might want to know, they may tell you, some won't, but may tell you why they didn't come back. That's a really good point. Actually, I had a patient come in earlier this week, who had for the first time since COVID started actually even left their house. So not only had they not been to another doctor's office, they hadn't been gone out. And I was their first foray into the outside world. And this is a long time, very loyal patient, actually, whose family members are physicians in in my building. And so I know this entire family personally and professionally. And I could tell that he was extremely nervous about our distancing protocols, how we were managing spacing of patients. And he gave me some feedback in the room and he was like, you know, I really would have liked to seen this done. I really would have liked to have seen this done. And I sort of explained to him, well, that is being done. We are following the protocols. We're following the AAD guidelines. We're following our Texas State Health Department medical board guidelines. And when I explained it, he got it, but he still had a wall up. And Mm -hmm. so I realized that sometimes uncertainty and a discomfort with a situation, the the other person just can't hear you. And so maybe that focus group that has people who really love your practice and a few people who aren't fond of your practice being together, that's a great pearl. And that's Mm -hmm. really good advice. And I guess the same would go for your staff, right? Put a focus group together of your staff and let them be frank, even though I know that can be challenging at times. (laughs) It can be. (laughs) You might want to get a third-party facilitator if you really want to. Right. What the real answer is. But yeah, it's always good. It's a little daunting at first if you're not used to getting that frank feedback, but it's always helpful. I've I've always learned something from it, even if it might be a little bit painful to see some of the pieces that you thought maybe were going better than they really are, but it's good to check in. Exactly. And Melanie, this has been phenomenal and so invigorating and energizing. And and I need conversations like this to keep us going in the virtual world. So I hope our listeners get as enthusiastic about this as I am and, and with your feedback. Can you tell our members where we can go as Academy members to get more information about the new brand? And also they can enter into a raffle 
to win some really cool AAD swag. So hopefully we'll get some good AAD swag out there to some of our listeners. I hope so. One of them that I just learned about yesterday was a lab coat. Oh, nice. Yeah. Oh, with the new logo, of course. Of course. And um, able to go to the same site, and I'm going to say it here in a second, to download the FAAD designation to go on your websites and that sort of thing. And there'll be some use cases in there for you to take a look at as well. So members can find the member swag and the logo and the FAAD designation logo for downloadable content at aad.org forward slash AAD rebrand. Fantastic. And Melanie, speaking of the FAD logo, which I'm so excited about, of course, we could keep talking about all the logos and branding and designs and all of that. Can you talk a little bit about other steps we're taking as an academy along the lines of continuing to move forward into FAD designation and where we're headed? Yes, the importance of board-certified dermatologists inside of the healthcare system itself needs to be promoted. And using the FAAD designation shows your patients that you're not only a board-certified dermatologist, but a fellow of the AAD. And that reinforces that message. And so we're embarking on a campaign to talk to patients to say, go look for that FAAD designation when you're making an appointment for your hair, skin, or nail appointment with a dermatologist. And so we're encouraging all members to actually download that FAAD designation and use it in their promotional materials and on their website. And let me just say, you mentioned this earlier, and I'm glad you mentioned this again, having the ability to download that FAAD designation. Let me just say how critically important that is especially in the era of our advocacy efforts to highlight the role of the board certified dermatologist in our skin serious campaign, where we're really highlighting how we as board certified dermatology physicians are collaborating with others in the house of medicine to take care of our patients and really have a seat at the table. I think having that FAD designation and having a way for members to brand that internally, phenomenal, amazing. And I think that's just going to be one of the amazing things that comes out of this. So thank you for reminding our listeners about that. Melanie, thank you so much for your time and for sharing these useful tips on rebranding for our members in private practice, helping our members in academia and in groups even navigate these waters because all of us can pick up common themes from this. And needless to say, we're all going to benefit from having a discussion like this. And I want to personally thank you as, as our chief officer in charge of all of these amazing efforts and the entire integrated communications team. I've worked with so many members of your team who are just phenomenal at what they do in helping us get the message out as what we do as dermatologists in our day-to-day lives. And without you all, we wouldn't have the ability to spread these messages uh, in our community around the country and around the world. So thank you personally from me and looking ahead I'm so excited to see the Academy's new brand come to life to meet our member needs in this evolving world and the demands of a new era of medicine. So thank you, Melanie, again. It's been really a privilege to work with you and to speak with you. It's a pleasure. Thank you. We hope you've enjoyed this edition of Dialogues in Dermatology. This is Lauren Council, your Editor-in-Chief. For more podcasts, including bonus issues, check us out online at the website of the American Academy of Dermatology or through the Dialogues in Dermatology app. You can now also sync your subscription to your favorite podcast app. New podcasts are released each week in addition to our monthly JAD podcast. We hope you enjoyed these new options for listening to dialogues and the increased content for your listening pleasure. Thank you.